0: we're back welcome to (laughs) welcome to home cooking the minnesota sports podcast that nobody needed or asked for uh just a couple of white guys talking sports tonight we got ethan schultz with us and i'm your host josh harvey what's up (laughs) cheers buddy (laughs) (laughs) and we're here to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Our Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: <laughs> our Minnesota Timberwolves because it's about as excited. We were talking right before this is about excited as we've been in our lifetime for uh a Minnesota Timberwolves seasons. Thank God. Thank God. Because <laughs> we haven't had really much reason to do um preseason podcasts before this because wasn't a whole lot to be excited about.
1: We are, we are Pat Bev and Aunt Edwards jumping up on the sports table after the playing <laughs> game. We don't know how to act, so don't make fun of us people, right? We don't we don't get this very often. So yeah, we're excited.
0: Yeah. I mean, 2017 was pretty hyped to get Jimmy Butler on draft day. That was a fun time, but I it know, all probably, went it cool. all went downhill very very quickly.
1: You um, didn't even get a chance to enjoy it
0: before. You're no, we the
1: joke again. <laughs>
0: Um, which is funny because that was a move that was universally applauded, right? Oh. That was national. Like we won draft night. Yep. We, we won the off season. We made a great move. We got a great player. We were combining a veteran with a young core. Uh, you see where I'm going with this? We were combining mm-hmm. a veteran kind of proven player with a young core that needed a little push to, to kind of make the next step. Um, but now we've done a very similar trade mm-hmm. um, that did not get national applause. Look at this segue. I'm just making it up as I go right here. Um,
1: and we did not trade out hmm. a caliber player like Zach Levine.
0: No, that's that's very true. We kept that, we kept that version,
1: yeah. we didn't give away that. We kept McDaniels.
0: We made a trade, obviously, for Rudy Gobert. Um, Let me see. I'm just trying to pull up the quotes. I literally wrote down what some people said about the trade. Uh, Bill Simmons said he hated this trade more than any in 30 years. Nick Wright of FS1 said this is the single most egregious overpay in NBA history. ESPN. Trade, get, trade grade was a D for the Timberwolves, uh, Kyle Tyge, who's like a, you know, Timberwolves, uh, uh, writer, insider guy, uh, you can't pay two centers to combine 80 plus million a year. He said that, yes, uh, friend. Dan Barrero. I wa- I listened to his show that uh, afternoon after the deal, as it was happening, and the instant reaction from fan emails was like 90% hated it. He was said, he said they were just getting flooded with emails of people hating this, this trade. And it's tough. Like take us back to, to July, Ethan and your, your initial gut reaction. Cause it was hard not to have a gut reaction of, Oh my God, what are we doing?
1: Uh, I know I did have that reaction. Cause like I first saw, like we traded for Gobert. I was like, we got go bear. Like, I thought we were going to go for like miles Turner. And yeah, we get, we get go bear. And it's like, all right, what, like who, what happened? What, and then you find out it's four picks five players We're sending out like, uh, our first round pick from this year. And I think I actually, I know I, I texted a buddy and said, we had to have broken the rules. Like we, you can't trade that many picks. Like Stern's going to step in and he's going to avoid this. Like, cause it's not possible. Um, uh, And so that was my initial reaction. I was on, I was in the 90% like this is insanity. Um, And then when you start to like do the digging and I was like, okay, like, well, we still have like a bunch of assets and say it all goes terrible because I'm a Minnesotan and that's what we do. And everything is
0: terrible. Yep. You got to go to crisis management first. Right. It was like, what's the
1: worst possible case scenario? It sucks. It's terrible. We have to blow it up and trade everybody. Well, what do we do? We trade away. We'll trade away cat. We'll get all those picks back. And we'll be, we'll be right where we are. So it's was like, why wouldn't we take a swing at this? This makes perfect sense to me. And I love the fit. I am now, you know what? Everybody join me. Our first thought doesn't have to be our last thought. Right? Oh, all right. Can be right? We can have some growth. Yeah, we don't have to like be stuck in our original take. That's okay. That's that's what being a human being is all about. I'm on board. Oh. Everybody join me. We all get a free pass. It's fine.
0: I mean, I think I texted you saying, like, did we just trade our future for Rudy Gobert? Yes. Right?
1: That's a direct quote. Because
0: yeah. it's like that's when you read it, that's like your reaction just from the sheer volume, just like you said, It's just kind of like, holy crap, this is a A lot of future picks this is a lot of future assets did did we just mortgage everything for uh right now and i think that when you kind of like you said you peel it back it's like did we actually do that right so this is like i think that the trade warrants even more conversation like a couple months later just because of like how unprecedented it was and just like to look at other trades and I love the team building aspect of pro sports in general. Like, like how do you construct a roster? How do you figure out who to pay and when and get all those guys together, whether it's the twins, Vikings, um, Timberwolves. Right. So I was like looking at other trade precedents, right? So that Anthony Davis trade, Mm. going back, um, you know, when he, Got traded to the lakers lakers weren't bidding against anyone by the way by the way the lakers were not bidding against anybody but they were like we're just going to bring anthony davis in a year early before like he's a free agent right um even though it was pretty clear that that's where he wanted to go this is what the pelicans got back in that draft lonzo ball brandon ingram josh hart and three first round picks one of those picks was already the number four pick in the draft and they knew they were getting the number four pick and they still have i think one of those picks hasn't even deferred yet so we're talking about like a 2024 pick right mm-hmm. so we're talking about the number four pick in the draft brandon ingram who's an absolute stud lonzo ball, ball was like a really good player josh hart was who was a good player much that's a the number four pick might be better than any pick we give up in this draft. And those are better players than anything even close to what we gave up in the yeah. draft. Right yeah. now it's Anthony Davis. I get it. So he, I would put even Anthony Davis when he was at his peak, just that 2020 season, he was awesome and it was worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think still, you could say that the Lakers almost like overpaid for Davis considering they didn't even have to, um, Considering they didn't have to bid against anybody, right? I think you could say that. Right now, the thing is, is it worth it? Yeah, because they freaking won a championship. <laughs> who cares that who they gave up the number four pick in Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball? Right, like yeah. you paired them with you paired them with LeBron James, and you got a, you got a ship out of it, right? So when I look at that, I'm like, we didn't give up. I don't think we gave up close to what was uh, traded in an Anthony Davis trade. And when we look at a Paul-George trade, five picks and SGA. Yeah. When you look at Drew Holiday, you know, two picks, two swaps. um, That's, that's. I feel like the Drew Holiday is a little Mm -hmm. more similar. Like, but I think Rudy could be more impactful for us compared to what, like, a Drew Holiday could do. Both. Players that are more like in the later stage of their career and like the you know the late 20s early 30s right but are have been super impactful on defense um and have like earned a lot of respect around the league right we gave up more than what than what the bucks gave up to get drew holiday but they gave up a lot of future stuff and this isn't even close to the kg and pierce trade of 10 years ago or whatever that was right it's not even close to that so i feel like when you look at some of these precedents, they didn't go crazy over the top. Um, and I'm kind of with you in the, like, let's look at the picks they gave up, right? 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029, a 2026 pick swap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ants is going to be 21 this year for that pick. Ant's going to be 23 in 2025, 25, 2027, and 27 years old in 2029, right? It's just like, how, if we have Ant and we have him signed, are we bottoming out any of those years? I just don't see it. Cat's going to be 27 this season. 2025, he's going to be 29. And in 2027, he'll be 31. In 2029, he'll still be 33, like, We're talking six years after this like 33 years old is you're at the end of your prime like you're you you shouldn't have been you know degraded yet so i just don't see like those picks just being as valuable and that 2029 pick if something happened would be top five protected right so when you talk about the picks when you look at that i think you're just making a bet right that you can Mm -hmm. at least make it through the 2023 and 2025 with those picks not burning you. I think that's the big part, right? You can't have those first two picks that we gave up burn you. Yep. Because if, if for some reason something happened and in 2025, that pick is anywhere valuable in the, I mean, in the teens, then that's, that's, what's going to hurt you. But if that's a a pick in the twenties, we still have our 2024 pick right we can still that can be traded that off season we're gonna have some things happen with you know anthony edwards once he gets signed we're gonna have that core locked in i just don't think it's like as big of a deal as it it once looked and in terms of those role players i it's like the poopoo platter platter of role players man like i'm not gonna miss any of these guys um, and I want to thank Pat Ev. Thank you, Pat Ev. You were awesome last year. Wolves fans. Wolves fans probably I think most Wolves fans loved you a little too much. He was an awesome culture setter, right? Um yes. we got him. Do you remember what we traded for Pat Beverly?
1: Wasn't it from didn't he come our way like via Memphis or something crazy yes. like that?
0: we We gave up nothing to get him it was dirt cheap
1: i know i don't remember what it was but i just remember it was like he was a memphis grizzly for a day
0: yeah maybe it was like it was culver r.i.p carville and culver and somebody else i can't remember we gave up nothing to get him right so the fact that he still had value after we gave up nothing and we could put him as like Basically, the The best player, the headliner of a Rudy Gobert deal. I feel like that is incredible value because I'm not really going to miss his I got this moments, young pups. Like, I'm going to take this three in this big spot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, he starts chucking threes in Lakerland. Like, that's not going to go well. No, that's going to be one of the the worst shooting backcourts in the league.
0: So, and I I think another thing we got to remember with Pat Bev, those that were like, you know, we're going to really miss Pat Bev. We needed that, right? We did need that, that mentality on defense. We needed. He's a really good defender. He is phenomenal. Do you know how many games he missed last season?
1: Oh, it was a bunch. Definitely in the twenties, if not more.
0: Yeah. 24 games. He missed 24. 24 Yeah. Um, which is like what 24 games out of 82 is what that's like 30% of the season, right? Almost like
1: 20%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he played 58 the year before that he played 37 the year before that he played 51. So are you going to get more than 60 games out of Patrick Beverly at this stage in his career? Yeah. Right. I mean, and we need to be good in the regular season. We need to be Gobert plays a lot of games and he's consistent. So we need somebody that's not, that's not Patrick Beverly. Right. Um, Malik Beasley age 26. He's on an expiring contract. It was nice. Those games that he was hot, but those games that he's not, what is he really bringing you? Right. Are we really going to miss him that much? Vando is young and he's a really good contract. He's probably the one I'll miss the most.
1: Yeah.
0: He um, did. I mean,
1: he he did a lot of things defensively that nobody else, very few people in the league did. And he covered up like a lot of our like team defense uh inefficiencies and inadequacies with his own like personal play. Of, like, how, oh yeah. What an on-ball defender he is. But uh, well, so we're yeah, also he- they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him. He he won't end the year in Utah. Somebody's going to give. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to give something because they'll want Vando on their team.
0: So I'm going to miss Vando. But guess what? We're replacing Vando with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> like yeah, that's the positional funny. switch, right? Yeah. You replace the guy that was uh, awesome for you on defense with a guy that is even better on defense, is an even a better rebounder, and is a better finisher,
1: and a better pick center.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Vando and the pick and it just didn't, he didn't work. He didn't do anything with, uh, with DLO. That's, that's not, that didn't mesh. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was somebody that I think would be awesome around other good defenders. Cause you could make him more versatile. I feel like, cause there were times when he went out and guarded the point of attack, but guess what happens when he's up and he's pressuring people who's rebounding? Nobody. Now we don't have anybody rebounding, right? So I remember against the Warriors, like he was dogging Steph Curry, but it didn't Mm -hmm. matter because they could get every offensive board, right? That's cool that you can do that. He can guard one through. I think he can guard one through five, but it doesn't matter if you know we have can rebound. If we have Cat and Beasley out there trying to get a board, right? Like that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then kessler's on a rookie deal balmaro is is probably going to be cut by utah Mm -hmm. so i feel like those were just like oh well balmaro balmaro was a first round pick it's one of those things where you say they traded all these first round picks and a former first round pick in kessler and a former first round pick in balmaro it's just like one of those things that makes the deal look way better than it actually was yeah right
1: i'm also i'm also I'm positive that a part of the narrative was that it's Minnesota. Oh, yeah. It's easy to shit on
0: Minnesota. Oh, it's so easy to do. So, And we're doing something new. Minnesota is going to try an innovative new thing. like This trading of right. massive draft capital is a new concept. And a team like Minnesota that hasn't gained equity is going to be the one that's like, that's dumb. That's a dumb thing to do. Mm-hmm. And trying to... So with you um, on that.
1: And trying to put the, you know, two of the top five centers in the league on the same team and making it work.
0: Yeah. So, right. Like for Minnesota to do something innovative like that, to jump on this new concept of trading massive draft capital to try a twin towers concept, it's gonna. It's just really easy to yeah. Crap on the people that are trying something new, right. When they've, Trotted out all these old heads too, right? I mean, Glenn Taylor had a boys' club, and Kevin McHale did all old school stuff, and Kurt Rambis did all old school stuff, the freaking triangle and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who's come in with like new ideas? Rick Adelman came in with his old school stuff, which it worked for him to a certain extent, right? But like, who's come in with like the new ideas? Tim mm-hmm. Connolly's the one that's come in, and Tom Thibodeau came in with the old ideas right i'm going to grind we're going to play it <laughs> right right we've had all these like like yeah. we're going to bring in guys that are in the in the boys club guys that have some pedigree but they don't have any new ideas right but that's not what chris finch is and that's not what tim Connolly is so maybe this doesn't work but at least like we're trying something we're trying something different yeah i'm
1: Like I said, so excited. All of Minnesota excited. There's not a Minnesota Timberwolves fan that is now not stoked to watch basketball.
0: (laughs) The only other thing I wanted to say about it, I guess, is let's. I just want to go through some. Okay. So if we traded all that draft capital, we could have traded it on somebody else. I think that's the only thing that I could say is like, was there a bigger fish out there that we jumped the shark and we could have gotten? A bigger fish at some point. So let me go through some names, and you tell me if this these people will ever be available, or if you want to trade for them. All right, let's just start at the very, very top, and give me some quick no's Right, Giannis, we're never gonna get him.
1: Sure, would want him. No way in hell. No,
0: we're never gonna get him. Luca, never gonna get him.
1: Never gonna
0: get him. Jokic, never gonna get him. Tatum, never gonna get him. Ja, never gonna get him. Curry, never gonna get him. Embiid never gonna get him, right?
1: Nope.
0: Durant was available. I guess we could have done that. Would that have been worth it?
1: They wouldn't. No. I, they they wouldn't no. have taken that deal. Like we <laughs> would have been sending ant and or cat.
0: Like, yeah. So that doesn't work, right? I mean, the now we're getting into some guys like Devin Booker. Would you have wanted to trade that? I mean, or would he be available? I don't think so.
1: I don't think he'd be available, and I don't again,
0: think he. I don't think he would be.
1: Who, who would you have to send back? like, they, they'd want they would they would have wanted more of a salary match if you're trading with, you know, you're yeah. trading with Phoenix, right? They would need to have needed somebody to replace Booker's salary. Mm-hmm. Again, why would we do that?
0: Slash slash. Why does Booker fit with Ant?
1: Yeah, we I probably have to trade Ant to get Booker.
0: Yeah, see, and then, I mean, we're just pairing, then you're doing, you're kind of all in on a Towns-Booker relationship there, Um, which I, I mean, they're boys, so that's that's Mm -hmm. always been the dream, but I don't think Phoenix even does that, though, because why are they, why would they try to tank like that? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. I don't think like a Trey Young's available, because they made an all-in move for DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell could have been gotten for that package, but how does Donovan Mitchell and Ant fit together? donovan mitchell's undersized we need somebody that can defend Lamelo, um or a mobley those guys are too young that those teams aren't going to trade that type of package probably for them mm-hmm. then you get into like a lillard lillard's 32 he's a point guard he probably doesn't want to leave portland for minnesota you go into a jalen brown the celtics aren't going to do that brandon ingram yeah. She, Shea think. Gildress Alexander. Zion's not going to be available. Just like who's going to be available? Yeah. Then wants to come me, to Minnesota. People right. got to think about that. Who's right. available and who's going to come to Minnesota? So I just went through and Alyssa 20-ish names. Here, let me just throw a few more out that are never going to come or never get traded for that. Cade Cunningham, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, LeBron. Um Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, Anthony Davis. I don't even think I'd want Anthony Davis. Uh, Mm -hmm. Paul George. And I don't think the Lakers would do that. Uh, Paul George. Um, Yeah, like these are all guys that aren't available. They're not. They're not available to us. We had one of the best 30 players available and we went for it. I don't know why that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not.
1: Here's the one name that I wonder if we hadn't if it would have happened sooner or if it hadn't happened to Atlanta. Would you have wanted Murray? Would you have um, would you have done like if you say that package would have pried him
0: out of San Antonio? Would would you have done that? It's so funny to look back at like John Krasinski's like tweet before the Gobert trade and after the Murray trade? Because remember when Murray goes for like three unprotected first? Yeah. And people are like, oh, wow. DeJounte Murray, you really had to be all in to get that. And Kaczynski's like, you know, the Wolves are monitoring the market. They don't want to overpay for somebody. <laughs> right. And he's, like, he's like, they're not going to just be liberal with their first round picks. And then, like, a, you know, a week later, we just trade all of them for Gobert. Right. Because a lot of Wolves fans are like, yeah, that I don't want to give up three first round picks for Murray. You're right. That's a smart move. Right. And then they give up five first round picks for Gobert, and it's like, yep, worth it. Worth <laughs> it. Totally worth it. It's just funny how that crap happens, but it's um I I don't know about Murray's contract situation and the fit. So I think the part of San Antonio trading him was that like some some weird thing where they can't sign him really for as much. Almost like the Jimmy Butler thing. Remember when yeah. Jimmy Butler was here? And we could sign him to an extension before his contract was up. But for some reason, when his contract is up, he can get even more money. I don't understand how that exactly works. Um, but that's basically where DeJounte Murray is right now. Like he can wait and get more money later.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and so he's gonna wait if he came here, right? He's gonna wait and try to go get more money. So that's my main worry. And another thing with the Gobert trade is everybody talks about this new TV deal in like two years and how the salary cap's gonna go up. So the, that 40 million we're paying Gobert, which honestly I don't love in, in two years and three years.
1: Yeah, in two but, years it's gonna start to hurt.
0: Yeah. Lose. But the salary cap's also supposed to because in two years there's supposed to be a new TV deal which is when it jumps. So I don't think that that 40 million is just going to look as bad as it does right now. Like, because it'll be its percentage of the cap, right? Like right now, mm-hmm. if it, if it, if it, if, you, if you're paying somebody 40 million right now, that's like a third of the cap. Yeah. But in two years, the cap might be uh, like 160 million, right? So then you're paying a fourth of the cap instead of a third. That's a huge difference.
1: Yeah yeah we shall see i think that
0: i well everything that i'm hearing from nba stuff that i read and listen to is like people are going to get paid a crazy amount of money and i think once once these players that aren't as good as rudy gobert are starting to get paid 25 30 plus million dollars that's when you're like oh well i guess maybe 40 for gobert isn't so bad because some Some seventh player on the best team is getting twenty five million a year just because of the the, that's how the cap went. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it goes. All right. Uh, I had a lot of uh, Gobert trade thoughts to break down there, so um, (laughs) that I had to get out. They've just been they've just been sitting there brewing for for a few months. Um, I mean,
1: how often is our Minnesota Timberwolves on the front page? Of their of all of sports with the moves that we're making.
0: Well, yeah, to get crapped on, but yeah, those (laughs) quotes. I had to write down those quotes because it was just so funny. Like, (laughs) yeah, we're getting talked about. So let's move on to the the basketball side of it then, rather than just the value and the and the team building, right? Because now that the season's about to start and we gotta talk about basketball, those that didn't like the deal well now you can see it from a basketball side how it should work like I was, I was telling Ethan before the podcast I was listening to Bill Simmons um, podcast before this and he's and Ryan Rasillo, who actually I value Ryan Rasillo's actual basketball opinion and I'm just entertained by Simmons um, they're all just like hey Timberwolves 48 and a half wins I'm gonna go over on that because in terms of what we're gonna see on the basketball court doesn't matter how many picks you traded. doesn't matter. That 2029 pick does not matter right now. We have Rudy Gobert on the frigging Minnesota Timberwolves, right? I mean, who cares about 2029? So even even people that hated the trade have to admit, like, in terms of talent, we got a crazy amount of talent. So, I mean, what are your thoughts just, like, on the basketball fit, what we're about to see – with Rudy Gobert taking over for, you know, Vando as the rim protection rebounding force for us. But I also as like the screener um, and the finisher that he is too. Yeah. Uh,
1: I have, all I definitely underrated him in Utah of what he does on the defensive side of the game. And in the very limited that I watched, in the preseason i just felt confident like when a shot went up by the other team that if you don't make it rudy's going to get it and it was you could he's just like a magnet to the ball and it's like he his size and his footwork just erases like creates this barrier around the hoop that we did or just have not had like we were just a loose sieve of the of attackers going to the hoop grabbing rebounds getting two or three chances and i think that's going to do wonders for our defensive efficiency and just like shortening the game and i can't wait to watch it on a night by night basis because i think when we see it happening every night we're going to notice like wow we've never had we've never had this on the defensive side and it's going to just Below what we have seen with Cat and with Nas the past couple of years out of the water, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing that, you know, we, it's just it's not sexy, so it doesn't get talked about (laughs) as much. But it's gonna it's gonna help us win way more games than we are used to winning in the regular season, and I you know another I get I want your thoughts on this. Like, what do you think of the Gobert and Delo pairing? And, like, or how much are we going to see this pick and roll? How much are we going to see lobs? Or even are we going to see just better offense out of D'Lo because he's going to get more space? What do you think about yeah. that?
0: Yeah, I mean, as someone that has been an actual D'Lo stand, like somebody that sticks up for D'Lo, somebody that likes his game um, while also acknowledging the, the flaws that's within it, um, I just see that this, even just like in that little bit of preseason, they're going to have to figure out some chemistry. But, man, he's going to get to the lane so much easier than he was able to with Vando, right? Vando can't space the floor at all, but neither can Rudy. So if you can't space the floor, you need to get somebody open on a screen, right? And Vando couldn't even, like, pick, roll. Unfortunately, I what I was wrong about after the D'Lo deal was I thought cat and Delo would be a dynamic pick and roll duo mm-hmm. that's not cat's game that is clearly not cat's game they in in no statistical numbers I test right from what you've seen and and Finch doesn't call it who I trust right and I'm just like why don't we do more cat and Delo pick and rolls because it, I don't think uh, they have the chemistry cat doesn't want to roll right uh it it just hasn't worked right but rudy's gonna set that hard pick and he does dude he does like he does those little janky things man he sticks his butt out a little bit right he's gonna give you a little elbow uh you don't want to mess with rudy he's a big dude man and he's he's jacked i didn't realize how freaking jacked that guy was he's and and he's just not What I'm worried about with a center is like, when they're like Shaq just kind of started to get so big (laughs) that it's like, how can your feet and your legs like support work together at some point? But that's not how Rudy is like built. He doesn't look like that. He's not gonna like, it's it's not like he's just so big that he's gonna break down. It doesn't seem like to me. And um, he's gonna set those screens. He's durable. And he rolls, man. He rolls so hard that Delo's going to get to the rim. delo has got to get points in the paint. He's got to have that floater. He's got to be ready to lob, right? So it's going to be a lot on his shoulders. What I'm interested in is, and I think I've texted you, this about, I've texted you about this, is the staggering of minutes mm-hmm. with a D'Lo and Rudy. And that's why I think we can be dominant in the regular season because it's like, what if it's R- Rudy and D'Lo going against second units, yep, and going against a backup center, going mm-hmm. against a backup point guard, um, <laughs> and they're just and they're just working, and they have and D'Lo's kicking it out to Prince, he's kicking it out to Forbes, right, and we're like, fine, we'll put D'Lo and Forbes as our, um, as our Backcourt mates they're gonna suck at defense but we got rudy there to back them up right that's what utah did mm-hmm. utah had just a bunch of sibs back there that were just like we're just gonna funnel everything to rudy i mean it could work right yeah that's the only reason you can only play Bryn forbes with uh gobert in my opinion <laughs> that dude's yeah, a, just, yeah
1: let him shoot threes and not play mm-hmm. the uh you know you know, we, you and I were messaging about illegal screens during the preseason. And like, that's just, you know, it's a huge thing with cat. He like, he's good for two a game. Oh, God. It almost feels like he was always getting it called on and, you know, they were calling it on Rudy, but when you watch his screens, he does like, he throws, he throws his hips out. He throws his butt out. He throws his elbows out, but he's pretty smooth with it. It's like mm-hmm. all in like this one fluid motion, um, which, you know, makes you like appreciate the art of setting a screen in the NBA because it like it is a game it is not just like a brute force right because mm-hmm. you're not just you're not just trying to get the defender you're also trying to trick the referee and making not giving them an excuse to call a moving screen with any extra movement or lean that you have yeah. That Carl has
0: never mastered oh no, absolutely exciting. not yeah. So it,
1: it's yeah it's gonna be fascinating fascinating to watch
0: I should have mentioned that when I was talking about uh, Carl's pick and roll game. Not only can he not roll effectively, he also doesn't set the pick effectively and gets a lot of illegal screens against him. Right. And he has not earned the respect of any ref in that regard either. Right. Rudy has like Rudy's three dime. It's like some Chris Paul stuff, right? Chris Paul can be a little bit of a hack on defense sometimes because it's like, are you going to call it every single time? Right. So they might call it on Rudy once, but if he just, and so many screens happen over and Mm -hmm. over, are you just going to call it on, like, are you going to call it on them over and over again? No, because they're not going to look for it every single time, right? Um, So I think that just, just that is the biggest difference between what Vando brought to the table, who I really liked, but how many times did, did the double come from Vando's man to cat? Yep. And sometimes he makes the right pass to Vando who can't finish it, who can't catch it, who gets the offensive board but can't put it back, right? Rudy's just okay. gonna get that offensive board and just like and just yam it over somebody really quick, right? That's that's what's awesome about him. And how many rebounds per game did Rudy Gobert have last year, average last year? Do you know? Uh I bet it was thirteen. rebounds per game, dude. He led he led the league. That's and people are saying there is um there are people that are saying that he's he's declining. And then I'm just wondering if you watch basketball. The dude he had 14.7 boards per game. He shot 71% from the field. Like he just he just finishes easy possessions. He led the league in in field goal percentage last year. I mean, how is that declining? He's just going to be worse this year? He's going to be worse this year with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Lo around him. I just don't understand it, man. I think he's going to be really good. And I just think that regular season stuff, you just stagger it. You put D'Lo and Rudy starting the second quarter together. And I think that's why McLaughlin, Give me some McLaughlin thoughts. Let's just go into it. Because I think you bring him in for Delo and McLaughlin plays really well with talents. He plays really well with Ant. And he doesn't need to McLaughlin doesn't need to do pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And he can just run a run an offense and he can keep things going even without you know Delo being on the floor.
1: Yep. And it's probably why we've seen so much of Ant the point guard in the preseason because dilo's coming off quick because he's going to lead the second quarter and yeah going to be bringing the ball up and we're going to see like all right what's life what's life like in minnesota with everything funneling through ant every night in the second half of the first quarter where Ooh. you know it's less yeah. right less stress it's usually at first quarter we're like humming on energy and he gets to like just step into that role and find out like what that feels like. I think it's going to be
0: great. Well, and so I'm interested in that, right? Because and we've seen it last year, right? With Delo got pulled first and then he led the second unit, right? It was him Nas, who actually does pretty well in the pick and roll, which makes sense, right? You you mm-hmm. want to put Delo with a pick and roll guy. He was playing with a Beasley who he could kick it out to and could chuck, right? Mm-hmm. Um it made sense. So, but now I feel like our roster is even deeper, despite the trade of a a, a three, a basically a three for one trade. I feel like we're even deeper in terms of there's different levers that Finch can pull. Okay, we need somebody to stabilize the offense. Still, we're gonna bring McLaughlin in, right, so that we can run things. We can maybe slow it down. Or you could bring in Forbes because you need shooting, and you're just gonna have Ant play off, right? and give him a little space, or we need some defense, we're going to bring in Rivers, right? Like any of those guys could come in for D'Lo first, depending on the matchup, depending on the night, but depending on what Finch wants, right? I feel like Kyle Anderson for Rudy will probably be the the first sub. That happens in terms of big men.
1: Yeah, and I actually hear I think Noel is the first one that's coming on the court i think you think yeah i think jalen is i think jalen's gonna be in there here's my hot take he's gonna okay be in okay for sixth man
0: man jaylen he's having Boyle. himself a nice preach what so what i kind of wonder, and again you know we're not we're not the most elite basketball minds but like if you play Jalen and d in that second unit with rudy jaylen has been impressive in pick and roll too. Now you yeah. just basically now you have two pretty damn good pick and roll players in D'Lo and Jalen, and you're just you're just bringing Rudy up and setting screens on either of those guys, and they're both pretty decent catch and shoot guys too. Yeah. So whichever one's not running the the pick and roll, you're just kicking it out to the to the other one. Yeah, with I like, with, prob- I- with probably a Prince in there too, right? Shooting right. shooting threes too.
1: I like Jalen when he gets a little bit of space. So say he's on the opposite side of the pick and roll and it swings to him and you have a defender that's having to cover a little bit of ground to close. Cause I think he's got just a ton of moves in his bag that if he has, if he gets a defender that's moving towards him, he can really play with him. And he's just, he's very good. Um, with that first move, if he doesn't have the defender like squared up on him, I think he plays a lot of really good games. Um, with defenders that way and so i i like it when he's on the opposite side of the pick and roll that's what i'd be looking for
0: nice i mean it's just nice to have somebody like that that's just a total unknown so like basically that basically the national nobody knows him like in the national scene right Mm -hmm. and again yeah a homegrown talent in terms of what's nice is we might finally have like, um, front office that can make some moves on the margins. How many times have we squandered a second round pick? Sold what well, we used to just sell it the second round picks. Number one, all the time. used to just, oh, we're just, we're just gonna, yep, second round pick, sell it. We're not even gonna have that on the roster. A late first round pick, somebody that's never gonna contribute, right? Um, mm. and now we're just like, Finding the, and you know, you got to give credit to Rosas on this, who kind of started that kind of thinking of like, we're going to win on the margins, right? And that's what Tim Conley is. He's a win on the margins dude. Like, he's going to find, he's, he's a, loves to scout and find talent. Maybe he found something in Luca Garza, even though he's an Iowa guy, you know, but uh, you know, maybe He he
1: he took it to the Lakers yesterday.
0: Maybe he found something in Josh Minot, right, who is a second-round pick, right? I just Mm -hmm. have a lot more confidence that those guys are actually going to come through than I have ever in my Wolves fandom, right? Right. And that we have a
1: coaching staff that can get the best out of all players.
0: That, too. That, too. And it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see because it seems like Finch is aligned with, like, the players that they're bringing in. Or, or maybe he could just – maybe he could just coach anybody. Man, maybe, maybe just Finch for president.
1: <laughs> and Finch we trust, baby?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, that man,
1: first preseason game, uh, was it a Heat, I think? It was Heat broadcasts that I was listening to. I don't know what the reason was. was mm-hmm. uh, just, But they were fawning over Jalen. Like, it felt like every time he touched the ball, the Heat – um, play-by-play guy had something like, "Oh, wow, this is a player. Like this dude, this dude can really play." So that was the one thing that like piqued my interest. I was like, "Ooh, okay," and I think the the opportunity is more for Jalen because we don't have like the perfect replacement spot for Beasley. Mm-hmm. Like Forbes, I think is he's like he's more a one or a two, and Beasley was the two three. Mm-hmm. And so I think Jalen just has more minutes coming his way than he did last year and having to fight for minutes. I think, I think he's going to get a bunch.
0: Yeah. What I like about, I think that I like Jalen more than Beasley, just because I feel like there's just more creation yeah. that can come about. Like sometimes in the playoffs, I was like, we should put in Jalen over Beasley. Cause right now we just can't create anything. Yep. Um, and Beasley is a very, very good catch and shoot guy, but again, he needs somebody to give him a little space and pass him the ball. And he's got a lot of confidence. He's got a chuck. He shot eight threes a game. Right? We have to replace eight threes a game. That's the main thing I'm worried about. Yeah. Leak shot a lot, and he made. I mean, he's making you know three threes 40%. a game.
1: Forty percent. Yeah.
0: Right. And you're gonna you're gonna miss those those um those games where he was five for eight you know where he was where he's six for ten because um, you got those but is it going to be worth it for a Jalen Noel to come in do a little creation and maybe we get an extra prince three maybe he creates a little bit and he, what we need is talents to shoot more threes mm-hmm. right I mean that's my main thing is we had some that was the best uh, shooting Wolves team we've ever seen last year yeah. Beasley
1: uh, and it was off of a bad Delo shooting year.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know Beverly could was uh, he was making one or two threes a game. Yeah. Beverly was making one or two, you had Beasley making three or four, you had Towns making you know a few, you had Prince knocking one down. Uh then you'd have then you'd have a Delo Ant ants making yeah. three combined, right? I mean, so you're making like 15 20 threes a game like I mean, that was that was a nice part of our offense. It it became pretty efficient at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. now we need to kind of find efficiency in like a kind of a different way with Gobert. Yes. But, but but Gobert maybe opens up some guys to have some different shots. So one of these, I mean, when we talk about shooting, can Jaden McDaniels yeah contribute uh offensively enough right so we've gone from this small guards shoot a lot of threes to let's take bev out of there small guard right we're, mm-hmm. we, were we were that's that's a small lineup when you're starting d and pat bev yeah at your, at we had your no team
1: power team. forwards we didn't we didn't we were not power forward heavy
0: at all yeah last year. So when you're starting Ants at the small forward and then you have Vandal basically playing the five, essentially, mm-hmm. right? That we didn't have a lot of length. Now we're going to start Delo at the one who's got a crazy wingspan. Mm-hmm. Ants, who's a good size shooting guard. Now we get Jaden in there at small forward and a massive Rudy Gobert in there at the five. So now we've gone from kind of small shooting to like, hopefully length just we're just going to eat you on defense like we're just going to have just crazy wingspans we're going to be in every passing lane we're going to be we're going to meet you at the rim right and that's going to be our defensive identity um what do you what do you expect from Jaden this year i guess
1: i mean i would love if he just mastered that corner three (laughs) <laughs> like honestly like that feels like that's the spot that he will be camped out in for a vast majority of his, his offensive life. Yeah. This year. Like that's where that's when he like when he's on the court unless they like maneuver him into the second unit like that's where he's going to be. Like we're going to want the ball in Cat's hands. Ants going to need the ball in his hands. DLo also has the ball in his hands and Rudy's going to be in the center of it all picking people. So Jaden's got to be in, he's got to be in the corner. That's where he's going to be. So we need him to, we need him to snipe that corner three. That's like, if he could do that, like we're we would be deadly if we had a consistent corner three shot out of him. It'd be phenomenal. So I would, I'd love to see it. I don't, I, that's, now that I say it out loud, I, I haven't seen it in the preseason, I think at all. I don't no. remember like actually even seeing him in the corner at all uh, maybe we're hiding it i don't know if that's really a thing probably not
0: well we haven't seen our starting five so
1: true we haven't you're right you're
0: right So it's hard to it's hard to see like how he's going to be used around a, around rudy and cat right it almost um, seems like the reason you put him in there is just that defensive potential right that he should be playing small forward he should be locking guys down. The length is just going to be crazy. It's just how is that offensively going to fit, right? Because then what we haven't talked a lot about is the maybe the best player on our team, Anthony Edwards. Seriously, we haven't, yeah, <laughs> we haven't even said his name at all. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Anthony Edwards. The <laughs> 21-year-old stud who, oh, my God. I don't even know if he's having exactly a good preseason, but he's showing flashes that are just mm-hmm. like this is unbelievable. His what have what have you you've watched you've watched every minute of the preseason? What have you seen out of A?
1: His so finishing is already way you notice the difference. Cold like baby. He's, yeah. he's stronger. Um, he's got more. It feels like he's got he's hanging in the air even longer. Like it just looks effortless for him when he's driving to the lane. And I I feel like there was definitely one – like, he's really good to his left, but I felt like I even noticed, like, he wasn't favoring going to the left all of the time. He was even going to the right just as much. Um, And, yeah, it looked like he was just toying with defenders out there, making it look like this game is easy, but yet these are some of the best athletes in the world that he's just completely blowing by with a basketball in his hand. Yeah, it was – Fun to watch, and you're like, "Ooh, man, I can't wait to see him get going." Yeah,
0: if, I can't believe if, we haven't
1: even talked. Like we like I we're know. so we're so stoked about the roster, and
0: like, <laughs> and we have Ant. Yeah, and <laughs> what I've seen this preseason is just like, I feel like you you can see it in the preseason with some of these guys, man. Two years ago, the Wolves played. Um Memphis in the preseason. And it was Ja. And he lit us on fire. And then Ja got the ankle injury at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And Memphis ended up getting like the eighth seed. But I was like, dude. I looked at him and I was like, Ja is, is ready this year. He's about to set the league on fire. And I can remember it like, I remember watching a preseason game like it must have been like 2014, like Kawhi Leonard. So that's what I'm going to compare Ant to right now as a Kawhi. Like just all of a sudden, I'm just going to get to my spot because I know nobody else can stop me. And all of a sudden, just in the mid-range Kawhi, you're just like, he's hitting like every shot. He's just like has a feel that you can just tell. And he's just bigger, stronger. With the combined feel. So, and he can just get to a spot, which means he can go 100 miles per hour, stop on a dime, and get the shot up. He can go 100 miles per hour to the rim, and then all of a sudden, Ant Edwards is doing a Euro slowly while he's deciphering how he wants to finish it, right? Which is how can you do that when he's that athletic, right? How are you going to stop that at the rim when he's six foot six? He's a tank. He can go 100 miles per hour at you and just have the body control to do a 1-2. Uh, yeah, left. I'm confident with my left now, baby. <laughs> I can go either way on you. It's just – I don't know how – it's just going to be impossible to stop. I just – I kind of am interested in are they going to try to – is it just going to get to the point where he's so good and he figures out pick and roll that we just need to get him and Rudy and you realize that let's just get Rudy and him in a pick and roll and let's freaking go.
1: We'll have to see like how he is as a passer. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah would I would love to
0: see it. You've, you see uh, a couple of little flashes, but I need to, yeah, we would need to see it consistently. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like um, the,
1: I mean, the dream scenario is like those, like Rudy's screens are so good that, you know, you give Ant a little bit of space and he, it's, like, it's game over. There's no chance.
0: Yeah. Because he, then he could just live in the lane. Because yeah. right now, it's it's very – he's played one game with Rudy now. I mm-hmm. mean, so we have no idea. He I is, think
1: what, here's another layer that I just thought of is, like, what do you do as the defense? Because you still have to account for Cat. So, like, if you, you – you know, like, we attack you with – Pick and roll with Rudy and Ant, so you probably want like your your best big defender on Rudy, so that he can deal with the pick and roll with Ant. But then that means you have your secondary defender that's guarding Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. who we would love for you to guard one on one with your second best large defender that you have. Mm-hmm. Like that would be that's a dream scenario for us. Like that's a great matchup if we can. I think that would be a very interesting thing to see us deploy if if ants really can facilitate what we hope he can
0: uh, let's move on to carl what did you see out of his one preseason game from him
1: uh i remember we were both giddy because like i saw, liked i liked what i saw bro we saw attacking <laughs> carl that didn't look like he was not in control of his limbs for yeah the um, which will be interesting because, like you know, it it sounds like he's he's battling back from uh, like a health issue, and like right. who knows, like is he is he actually hundred percent yet? Um, but he he looked in the very limited action that we saw, like he looked very good, a lot of energy. Um, can't wait to see more. What do you see?
0: I think the biggest play that I liked was that drive where he hit that fadeaway bank shot. Oh yeah, he would go. He was on his left. He just f- faded in control, mm-hmm. in control of his body. Fade off the glass. Great touching in. That's what a great post player does. That's what an Embiid would do. That's what mm-hmm. a Jokic would do. And I don't feel like we see that a lot of times out of Towns. I feel like he's out of control and flails something up, and would get a charge or would get stripped or something would happen there, right? Yep. Um he's awesome sometimes when he just has that open lane and can catch a rip and they don't have somebody collapsing down on him because he's just so big. He's got good touch. He's skinny because of, I guess, the the illness that he had. So I don't know if he was trying to like slim down, but I think that for him to be at the four and maybe just have that body control, maybe just slim down, Cat's going to work. But the biggest thing we've always talked about is cat stop being out of control getting charges stop being out of control getting moving screens stop being out of control getting dumb fouls Mm -hmm. if rudy can help that and we can have cat just on the floor more i just in the regular season i think cat could just dominate now i want to see what has what's going to happen in the playoffs with him and What happens when he gets doubled this year? Is it going to be different than when he got doubled last year? Because when he got doubled last year, it was game over. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember what happened in that Clippers game? He was awful. He was really bad.
1: And it was like that double came so fast. Like Mm -hmm. there, he and you know, he not only was he, he slow in reacting to it, they could double like with reckless abandonment. Because you didn't have to worry about Vando, mm-hmm. and Carl wasn't quick enough even to pass it. But it's like if you know we have a different player in that role that the double can't come as quick as it was coming off of Vando. Maybe that gives Carl, along with just you know growth, that he can diagnose it and get the pass there quick enough that mm-hmm. we deal with the doubles when they do come cuz yeah it was we were just too slow we were too slow in reacting yeah. to doubles as a whole team right of getting to the right spot quick enough and Carl recognizing it quick enough like we we just weren't good we weren't good against the double at all
0: mhm and i feel like if they try to double now you have the bigger target in Rudy yeah. you're kicking mm-hmm. it out to you're not kicking it out to a Pat Bev who oh. You're either he's either going to chuck or he can't really create, right? You're getting to you're kicking it out to a D Low who could shoot over somebody, you get, you're kicking it out to an ant who can shoot over people. Jaden, who these are guys that now you're talking about that gravity of a basketball court, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can close out on a Pat Bev way faster because he's shorter, because, um, well, yeah, he's just not going to have that higher release, right? If, if Kat's catching it and swinging it across the court to Jaden, it's going to be harder for you to close out because he can shoot over you. right? Mm-hmm. I feel like this, that length piece is just going to be difficult. Jared Vanderbilt was harder to pass it to under, under the basket because even if he did catch it, was he going to go up with it with confidence and just finish it? Rudy, mm-hmm. who uh, actually I feel has some hand problems too, hope to see i hope to see some glue on those hands and then just catch it and just finish but if he just has a big target rudy's just a big target catch it finish it again freaking 70 percent from the field (laughs) this what he shot he was like he's like he's just gonna finish it he's got good touch he's massive nobody can stop him like that's that's i just am interested to see if like if our offense is just crazy efficient how are we not dominant in the regular season
1: on paper we should be
0: and you're taking the over you're taking you're taking oh, I'm just 50, taking the over 50 51. 50, 51? what do you think that puts us for our seed let's four. just we're going to kind of get into the end here let's just talk four, about con-
1: four borderline context. five at 51.
0: okay because we got to just kind of talk about the context of us within the western conference i feel like we've we hit on a lot of the on on the court stuff that we're looking for we
1: did we
0: didn't really talk about the the twin tower stuff and how that's all gonna fit i don't think we i don't think there's anything to say about it until we see it i trust finch i just trust finch to figure that out i'm not smart enough to figure it out i think he will
1: i wouldn't know i wouldn't know where to start of like how to even conceptually build an offense in this day and age with a big guy who can shoot and a big guy who can set screens and how do you how do you feed them all now i wouldn't know i wouldn't know where to start but i can't wait to see it
0: i just again i think in terms of regular season that's staggering when you have four players that talented right it's that's a regular season cheat code Mm -hmm. that's why the warriors when they had those four guys it's just you always have somebody on the court that's gonna kick your ass. Like, yeah, it's, just,
1: it's just wave after wave after
0: wave. You're <laughs> just done, dude. You just they're taking off Steph Curry and they're leaving Kevin Durant on the floor. And then Kevin Durant comes and now Steph Curry's on the floor with, with Draymond, and yeah. he's gonna come off and then Clay will be back and it's just like you're done, bro. Like, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not gonna compare us to like one of the greatest teams of all time, but when you have stars that you can stagger, even when they. Uh, did like a James Harden, Chris Paul, right? You always have somebody that's gonna create on the floor like that. That's just massive, right? Yeah. So when we look at that Western conference outlook, you're saying four or five. Um the 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 top seven is pretty tough, right? We have Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, uh, Denver, Clippers, New Orleans. Um who finishes ahead of us?
1: So, I think the Clippers. Lakers. I didn't say either. I didn't say Lakers yeah. either. Lakers are going to be hurt. They're, I I think for sure the Clippers are the class that is if they're healthy they're going to be tough. You could even just see it in the limited pre preseason. Like, oh, there's a good team.
0: Yeah, uh, and they're they're coming for it. Yeah, I think I think that they're not going to take the regular season off. I think that everybody expects that because it's Kawhi, right? And Paul George. But I think that they're going to gun for a good seat. They can't, this is three years that they've disappointed now. Like they need to do something with this team. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that. They do. No, I
1: think the Clippers are going to be at the top along with the Warriors. I think those will be the top two coming out of the West. And then how I see it, is I see it as um, the Nuggets, probably even – I put us, the Nuggets, and us, and Memphis, and Dallas, are probably just in that next tier that's all going to duke it out, or three, four, five, and six. Those four teams is where I see it all shaking out. Um, and I just I like our depth more than I like those other teams' depths, and Mm -hmm. I think that we will somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be in that three or that, and maybe we're in the four and five. So, like maybe I mean Denver, Denver's still gonna be tough, especially if they get healthy. So, probably Denver in the third, but then I see it's us and the Mavs. And who's the team that I'm forgetting?
0: Um, Phoenix? Phoenix. Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Denver.
1: Uh, The tier, like behind the Clippers and the Warriors, I think it's going to be Denver. It's going to be us. It's going to be the Suns. And it's gonna be the Grizzlies with maybe the Mavs, like those five. And from there, I like us coming out in of those five, either in the top two or three in the four or the five scene is where I see it. Uh it wouldn't surprise me if Denver beats us out and maybe Phoenix just because of their you know, their how long that they've been together that, you know, they have a little bit more chemistry than we do, but you know, there's, I think there's definitely some, some warts, like, I don't know, is everything going to be okay with their center? Um, yeah, things blow up. I don't know. Uh, Memphis, uh, you know, they're still, they're definitely tough. They're going to be a tough out. Um, I feel Mm -hmm. like they have a good culture, but it's, it'll be us and them. I think in the four and the five,
0: hmm what about you so when you when you look at last year you know we were the seventh seed obviously right so who do we have to jump you have phoenix who was the one seed last year and they're in some turmoil with their chemistry jay crowder wants out chris paul is 37 years old like is he just gonna keep being chris paul we just we're going to accept, just expect that. I I'm just not sure because then they don't have the depth that we have. Like let's talk about teams with a young core. Phoenix doesn't have anybody young on their roster. Watch out for that. Memphis is just too consistent to really doubt, right? They have good coaching. They have depth. It's, it's really hard to, it would be really hard to pass them. They're the two seed last year. Warriors were the three seed. But they're not going to have their foot on the gas. We have the Draymond Punch. We have the Jordan Poole. We have the chemistry, right? Um, Issues of, right, they went back to the top of the mountain. That climb back is going to be hard for them, right? You're going to have the young guys that that are going to want more with the veterans that are, like, on their last push. Dallas was the four seed. They lost Brunson. They gained Wood. But they have Luka, right? And that's really all that matters. The, The thing that's tough for me is, we have these four studs, then you look at a Dallas, you look at a Denver, you have a Luka, you have a Jokic, you have a Golden State Steph Curry. And do we have any players that are better than those players? It's going to be an interesting, like, does the collective of our, you know, big three with with Adilo kind of just being on the side, will that collective bring us up past the really good Lucas, uh, Jokic, um, I feel like, oh, like Kawhi, right? I mean, I don't know. I I hope so. I think that four or five ranges. But the thing about it is I think we're going to be – all those teams are going to be, like, within two games of each other.
1: It's going to be tight. That's the
0: thing, dude. Like, we could be the two-seed, but I think the two-seed and the five-seed are going to be – it's going to be 52 wins – two teams tied at 51 and a team at 50. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's what it's going to shake out to that's that much of a margin of error is just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that we host, I hope we get the four seed and host the playoff game. That's what I would love. I would, I would love to have home court, uh, but then we're going to have a really tough opponent either way, man. It's going to be a really tough opponent.
1: I would love to have the three seed so that we can avoid the one seed. <laughs> in the second round because we're definitely going to the conference finals we're
0: doing oh it. wow
1: we're doing i predicted it. uh
0: i predicted wolves clippers conference finals i uh did a podcast with john john bracky the other the other night
1: there you go us in this we city. did it
0: we, we just did nba we just talked about nba and i said here's my conference finals i said wolves clippers clippers are gonna be good man they're gonna Frick. be great I just I think they're going to be awesome. All right, we're going to play one quick game before we're done here. Let's do it. And that's who who has a better next four years okay. in the Western Conference, right? So that's the Rudy Gobert contract. That's who we traded for. That's who we mortgaged our future for. Mm-hmm. So do these other teams really – are they going to have a better next four years than us, right? Now, this is assuming we sign Ant. We obviously have Kat and Rudy for the next four years, right? So we know we have that core three together, right? So let's just start at that top. Phoenix. Who has a better next four years, us or Phoenix Suns? Or who would you be more confident in having a better four years? Wolves. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix, Chris Paul's 37. I think that this could get ugly. This could get ugly quickly for Phoenix.
1: Their center hasn't talked to their coach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't talked to their freaking coach, dude. Um, Let me just tell you the age of players on Phoenix. Um, Oh, crap. I'm going to have to edit this out. Hold on. Phoenix Suns. I'm going to make this quick. But Booker's still only 25. Love that. Aiden's 24, but he's not happy there. Paul is 37. Bridges is 26. That's a nice core right there. But Mm -hmm. if Chris Paul drops off, here's what they have left after that. And Jay Crowder wants out. Let's remember that. Landry Shamit, not a fan. Dario Saric coming off an ACL. He's also on an expiring contract. Cam Payne, I'm out. I like to – he had a little bit of a playoff run. I'm out. Cam Johnson is nice. He's 26, but he's going to be pushed into that starter role. And he's
1: going to be expensive. They won't keep him.
0: Yeah, he's he's an expiring contract too. tory Craig, thirty-one years old. Bismack biombo thirty years old. Josh Akogi. <laughs> Damian Lee, twenty-nine years old. Jack Londale, twenty-six. Where are the first-round picks that that Phoenix has used to bolster their roster? Mm-mm. Well, there's no young talent on this roster other than their like their core is young enough that if they stay together, they could be good, but. Like if, if Chris Paul's not there to anchor the Booker Ayton Bridges trio, yeah. I'm just I don't know if it works because Bridges is pretty limited offensively. And I really like Ayton, but I would rather take the wool. I'll take us with a with a Chris Paul um dropout here. It, um wait. They it do own all their first round picks for like the foreseeable future yeah so they could they could make a move but i don't know that's again i'm taking the wolves how about memphis that's an interesting one yeah oof. memphis has been doing it right dude because they sucks. like yeah they have
1: they, you know, they, they, they have good players they're all tough right hey man yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think oof okay Here's my Homer take.
0: Okay. Whose ceiling is higher, Ant or Jaw? Oh boy, I would. I think you got to go Ant. So, just because he's that, bigger, he's bigger. That hair.
1: Ant ceiling, and I would if I would rather be in our position with Ant than in
0: their position with Jaw. Yeah. I guess it's oh, if, if you're talking to the next four years. Ja is going to be more in his prime over the next four years than Ants just because he's a right. slightly older. So, and they haven't like, I mean, they, are they waiting for an all in move? I, I don't know what they're, they right. didn't really get better this summer. Right. I think it's going to be risky for them this summer. Cause if Jaron Jackson is hurt mm-hmm. and
1: he's missing, like, isn't he missing like two months of the season?
0: Yeah. That that's going to be interesting for me. All right. But it's hard. It's hard to go against. They've they've done a really good job. Um, Dallas. Who are you going to take? Us or Dallas for the next four years? <sighs> Can I give you a little context before you make a yeah, decision?
1: Yeah, some information.
0: Okay. Well, we already know about the Wolves. Um, hold on. Let me bring up the Dallas roster right now. And let me tell you what they have other than Luca Doncic. Spencer Didwinny, 29 years old. Tim Hardaway Jr., 30 years old. Uh, Bertans, 29 years old. Christian Wood, 27. Dorian Finney-Smith, 29. Dwight Powell, 31. Reggie Bullock, 31. Maxie Kleber, 30. JaVale McGee, 34. Man, they are old. Did you even realize that they were that old? They're all hovering around 30 years. So you have a 23-year-old Luca. And everybody else is not on Lucas timeline. That's crazy. So the the biggest, um, I think, thing that people ripped the Wolves for was this trade doesn't follow Ant's timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Because when Ant's twenty five, Rudy's gonna be you know thirty four. What has Dallas done that's followed Lucas timeline? Mm-mm. They've pushed a they've pushed a lot of chips into a 22, 23, 24 year old Luca, mm-hmm. and guess what? Do they own other future first round picks? No, they actually they owe, They're gonna owe next year's first round pick to the Knicks, unless they finish one through ten, which they won't. They've basically sold all their second round picks, so it's like, do they really have a better future? We have Ant and Jaden. And Wend- a Wendell, uh, Wendell Moore. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have young guys have that are still on their own.
1: Crime cat for the next four years. Yeah. Right, talking into it, the Wolves.
0: Dude, I, I'm i so out on what Dallas is doing. They're Luka's going to be gone in a couple years, dude. And people aren't talking about that.
1: That's crazy.
0: Because we have – and the, these guys get paid, too. Like, Hardaway Jr. is paid for the next three years. Davis Bertans yeah. is paid for the next three years. Dorian Finney Smith is at least getting 13-14 million for the next few yeah. years. Like this this team is this team is they're spending 166 million dollars this year. They're going to be in the luxury tax they're going to spend money
1: on that team.
0: Yeah, dude. It's just that's the thing that pisses me off because people said, you know, we don't fit this doesn't fit Ant's timeline. Tell yeah. me what Dallas has done to fit Lucas' timeline. That's a great point. And they traded that first round pick to get Christian Wood,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who I don't even like. They don't have their pick next year. What young talent is coming around Luca? That's a great point. I don't know, man. I, mm-hmm. I'm Give me Wolves over the next four years. Um, Let's just do one more with Golden State. Golden State over the next four years or the Wolves over the next four years? I don't wanna do Denver because I feel like it's hard to pick against Jokic, but
1: Yeah. I, I it's, it's also I hard to pick to against this. it's also hard to pick against Golden State. Like, yeah, I know like they're getting older, but they're like the best basketball players in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. It's like, oh yeah, they're gonna get old at some point. But the thing is when you're exactly what you said, when you're like some of the best players of your generation, it doesn't matter when you get it doesn't old, matter, really.
1: I and mean, just <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of like it's the assets that they have, like, yeah, you know, Draymond has, has definitely got issues yeah. and is not nearly as valuable anymore, but he's still quite valuable. Yeah, you've got Wiggins, you got Wiseman, you got Kaminga, like, you okay, got really- a bunch of young talent, and you have things that you could flip right now for a bunch more. Like, yeah, True. I. No, Golden State. Are
0: we yeah. sure that Wiggins is going to keep being that dude that we saw in the finals?
1: Uh, no, but I don't think it matters. Like, they, they have Steph Curry and Clay
0: Thompson. <laughs> That's true. It
1: doesn't matter. But, man,
0: Wiggins was huge, man. He was really yeah. good in that finals.
1: It was so cool to see. I was like, oh, man, one of the best players on the finals was a Minnesota Timberwolves, who I like <laughs> – Watched as this young kid. (laughs) Do you still remember? I don't even remember. We went to like one of the first games, and Sam Mitchell wasn't putting in Towns or Wiggins. I don't know who he was playing. And some fan just like stands up from this thing. He's like, Sam, Towns and Wiggins. That's who we want to see. Put him in. I I still remember that vividly as they were sitting on the bench because Sam Mitchell wouldn't put him in.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wiggins somehow learned to rebound. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I, I don't see him just being that dude. He was awesome. I'm gonna give him all the credit in the world because he was probably the second best player during an NBA Finals team yeah. that won a championship. So that's that's really cool and and good for him. I just like, I'm worried that he's reached the that top right, and he had the motivation, mm-hmm. but now you now you're back to square one, right? Now you have yeah. another 82 game grind with another playoff grind after that. And I that I want to see how he responds to that. Yeah. Because I'm not surprised that he responded to two series on the biggest stage, man. We've seen we saw him every time he played the Cavs want to kick their ass. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if you're in a conference final, sure, yeah, you're freaking motivated. He's like, "Yeah, I want to be the best player on the floor. I'm going to do these things, man. I'm playing around with Steph Curry. This is awesome." Now you have to get back to the grind. Is he ready for that? I, that's, that's just kind of what I want to see. Do you want to talk about Denver and the, who's going to be better for the next four years?
1: Yeah, do one more.
0: Do you, uh, I mean, I think Denver and New Orleans could be interesting. But yeah. in terms of Denver, I mean, it's basically how do you feel about Jamal Murray? Like, do you think Jamal Murray is going to be back to being bubble Murray?
1: I mean... Yeah, I don't I don't see why not like I don't remember like these really, really good basketball players that get hurt and then come back and disappoint us. Yeah, I I, I don't remember it really happening. Like, I'm not going to be just dis- like Kawhi is not going to disappoint us. Kawhi is all well, right.
0: But we have but, more. The only thing with Murray is we have more of a track record with Kawhi true right we have a much more longer runway of we've seen Kawhi be awesome if for murray it he didn't come into the league on fire that's true with murray
1: a big bubble boy yeah
0: he's not exactly the most athletic player so tearing your acl and coming back from that is i feel like a little tougher when it's just like he's i don't think he was elite in any way in terms of his athleticism. That's the only thing that worries me. Like Kawhi is just like, I mean, he's a robot. Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna come back from this ACL. I think he's gonna be fine. If if Jamal Murray loses a quarter of a step, he didn't even have that step on somebody to begin with. That's just kind of I guess it's kind of a hot hotter take for me. Just because everyone's penciled Jamal, everyone's penciled Bubble Murray in. And he did mm-hmm. play good. He played good after the bubble, actually, before he tore his ACL. So he did have that stretch. But we're not talking about years of sustained success with Murray True. either. So True. I just I'm wondering, man, it's going to be a tough West. The Western Conference would be super, super interesting this year. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, Denver. Yeah. Denver probably doesn't get talked about enough. Like, like they are crazy good
0: and they get Murray back. So who would you pick the Wolves or the Nuggets for the next four years?
1: I mean, no knock on joke joke but like how much like do we love him just because everything got funneled through him because Murray wasn't there to dribble the ball yeah. and have the ball. Like so, like how much of his MVP caliber play was circumstance? And like, will like, I got you know, will will things like change now that Murray is back, or like, mm-hmm. will it still be Jokic show of the facilitator? But yeah, it's tough to. I mean, Port, yeah, uh, they got they got a good they got a good team. Um, <laughs> just because I'm a homer, the Wolves, but yeah, it's Denver's good. I would. I would love to have denver set up for the next four years
0: yeah the the only thing about this year that i'm just like now thinking of is like if we can integrate gobert quickly could that just mean the regular season success for us when you have like denver's gonna have to mesh with the injuries you have Dallas losing Brunson, they have to gain Wood. Golden State's dealing with all their drama. Phoenix has a bunch of drama. It almost feels like it's set up for Memphis might be the most consistent team. And maybe they just come out of the gates freaking hot. But also, they don't have Jaren Jackson.
1: Uh, They don't have JJ.
0: So there's like no setup for any team. We're the team that's going to come out of the gates. It's going to be hilarious when we're 7-1. and And people are like... Timberwolves, maybe they pull the fast one on all of us. (laughs) It's just going to be hilarious.
1: I don't think that will be the narrative because, like, our schedule is so soft. If we're not 7-1, and like, we're going to have problems because, you know, we play San Antonio and OKC, like, five times in the first seven or eight games.
0: Would be nice if we're like seven and one, and then we go and beat some good teams, and people are like, Holy crap! Yeah, then it could then their record could jump out if we're 10 and two after 12 games. People are like, But or could it suck that, um, we play these bad teams right away, and there's some, uh, Tough integration with Rudy, and we there's some kinks Mm -hmm. that we have to work out, and towns we need to get back healthy, and we drop a game, right? That we should have won, like me, or Mm -hmm. when me and you went to that New Orleans game, and a Jonas Valanciunas just kicks our ass, yeah. And it's like Zion's not even playing right now. How are we losing to this team?
1: We lose to the Magic twice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How does that happen? (laughs) How does that happen? That's what I'm hoping Rudy brings is we don't lose those right. – you always are going to lose stupid games in the NBA. You just got to get used to it. But it should just happen like once or twice, as This not like five or six times. Yeah. And, again, if it happens once or twice as opposed to five or six times, that's the difference between 48 wins and 52 wins. 52. Yep. And that could be the difference between the sixth seed and the four seed. Yep. Bang. Wow, I just ended it, baby. Drop the mic. Let's, Let's go. go. Did we Man, talk for while? Yeah. Was that probably an hour and a half? I think, I sure think it was.
1: I'm <laughs> sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure we could do it again after the first after the first game and give a whole 15 minutes per quarter.
0: Yeah. Do I feel like that was therapeutic? Yeah, I did, I did.
1: Yeah. So now good. I don't have
0: to have those thoughts swirling them around my mind anymore. And now I've put them out into the universe. Um, yeah. so thank you very much. Man, so what's what's the first game Tuesday? Yes. We're recording this on a Thursday night. If if anybody's listened for an hour, and a half. And I, think Tuesday, and I think our first game is Tuesday. I think our first is Tuesday. So, okay, man, see you awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, All right. A. I'll see you later, man.